This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hello, I'm Charlotte Kent, Editor-in-Chief of CDC's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. Thanks for joining me for MMWR's weekly briefing, which will summarize publications from October 3rd through October 14th. In this week's episode, I'll discuss findings from five MMWR reports, ranging on topics from adverse childhood experiences among high school students during the COVID-19 pandemic to e-cigarette use among middle and high school students. I'll also discuss a new report that sheds light on firearm homicide and suicide rates in the United States. The first report looks at adverse childhood experiences among high school students during the COVID-19 pandemic. Social and educational disruptions during the COVID-19 pandemic have worsened concerns about adverse childhood experiences, also known as ACEs. These are preventable, potentially traumatic events that are associated with poor mental health and suicidal behaviors. High rates of some ACEs have been documented during the pandemic. Using Adolescent Behaviors and Experiences Survey data, CDC examined the association between ACEs occurring during the pandemic and mental health or suicidal behaviors among U.S. high school students. Researchers found nearly three out of four students reported at least one recent ACE, such as emotional abuse or food insecurity. Students who reported four or more recent ACEs were three to four times more likely to report poor mental health and 25 times more likely to report attempting suicide in the past year than students who did not report any recent ACEs. ACEs are common experiences for children and teens, both prior to and during the COVID-19 pandemic. Linking children and teens to trauma-informed services and supports and creating environments that help them thrive can address this urgent issue. The second report highlights e-cigarette use among middle and high school students in the United States. Since 2014, e-cigarettes have been the most commonly used tobacco product among U.S. middle and high school students. Most e-cigarettes contain nicotine, which is highly addictive, can harm the developing adolescent brain, and increases the risk for future addiction to other drugs. In 2022, more than 2.5 million U.S. middle and high school students reported using e-cigarettes in the past 30 days. Nearly 85% of those youth reported using flavored e-cigarettes, and more than half reported using disposable e-cigarettes. Among youth who currently use e-cigarettes, more than 4 in 10 reported e-cigarette use on 20 or more of the past 30 days. More than 1 in 4 reported daily use. Additionally, nearly 1 in 7 reported their usual brand was Puff Bar, followed by Voose, Hide, and Smoke. Sustained implementation of tobacco prevention and control strategies, coupled with FDA regulation and enforcement, is critical to addressing e-cigarette use among youth. The third report examines firearm, homicide, and suicide rates in the United States. The firearm homicide rate increased nearly 35% during 2019 to 2020, coinciding with the COVID-19 pandemic. This increase affected all ages and most population groups, but not equally. Existing racial and ethnic disparities widened. 
Firearm homicide and suicide deaths also increased during 2021, both by 8%. Firearm homicide rates were highest among adults 25 to 44, with increases in all racial and ethnic groups in that age group. Black people continue to experience the highest rates of death from firearm homicide in every age group. Firearm suicide rates for people 44 and younger were highest among American Indian or Alaskan Native people. For those 45 and older, rates were highest among white people. The overall U.S. firearm homicide and suicide rates in 2021 were the highest documented since 1993. Firearm deaths are preventable. There are evidence-based approaches to reducing violence. These include a comprehensive approach to address physical, social, economic, and structural conditions. The fourth report examines antihistamine positivity and involvement in drug overdose deaths. First-generation H1 antihistamines, frequently used to treat allergy symptoms and aid sleep, can cause sedative effects that may become worse when used at the same time as other sedative drugs, such as opioids. Diphenhydramine, an easily accessible, over-the-counter, first-generation H1 antihistamine, has been mixed with opioids in illicit drug supply. It can be used to reduce opioid-related side effects, such as itchy skin. This report describes overdose deaths with antihistamine positivity or involvement during 2019 to 2020. Among more than 92,000 overdose deaths, 15% were antihistamine positive and 4% were antihistamine involved. Nearly all antihistamine positive and involved deaths included first-generation H1 antihistamines, primarily diphenhydramine. More than 50% of antihistamine-involved overdose deaths also involved illicitly manufactured fentanyls. Naloxone administration is important for any overdose with suspected opioid involvement. Because antihistamines do not respond to naloxone, co-involved opioid and antihistamine overdoses might require naloxone administration plus other immediate medical response measures to prevent death. The last report describes the rates and trends of foodborne diseases. To evaluate progress toward the prevention of intestinal infections in the United States, the Foodborne Diseases Active Surveillance Network, also known as FoodNet, monitors infections caused by foodborne pathogens such as salmonella and E. coli. During 2020, the number of infections reported to FoodNet decreased compared with the average reported during 2016 to 2018, most likely the result of pandemic-related measures put in place. This report summarizes preliminary 2021 data and describes changes in annual rates of cases. Rates of intestinal infections decreased 8% overall in 2021 compared with the average during 2016 through 2018. As in 2020, factors related to the COVID-19 pandemic and changes in laboratory testing practices likely influenced exposure to and detection of intestinal infections. Despite the overall decrease in infections during 2020 and 2021, continued efforts are needed to prevent foodborne infections and meet national goals. This includes addressing the root causes of foodborne illnesses, such as contamination on farms and in slaughter and processing facilities. 
Thank you for joining us for this week's briefing. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. To stay up to date on the latest MMWR reports, go to cdc.gov MMWR and subscribe for free to have MMWR delivered to your inbox. Stay safe and stay well. For the most accurate health information, visit cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO.